Hi, welcome to episode 39 of Amateur Bartending for Immature People. I'm Shannon. And I'm Greg, and this is the podcast where we're talking, thinking, making, and drinking some very delicious cocktails. And so here we are back after the break. That's right. After, like I said, we had dry January and we're going into very uh, wine-filled February. Exactly. So <laughs> It's a new holiday. <laughs> th- there you go. The wine, wine February. So we've got, uh, so yeah, so red wine. That's the theory. We're going to be doing red wine-based cocktails. Absolutely. This time, and we'll have... We'll have uh, three of them for you, so we'll get right into it. Uh, Shan, why not just start talking about what kind of, maybe how you kind of decided on the cocktails you want to make, and then kind of what kind of wine is good to use in a cocktail like this. Sure, yeah. We had featured a a while ago um, one of my favorite sours, which is the New York Sour, which has a float of Mm -hmm. red wine on top of it. And it's delicious. It's delicious. It's pretty. It's like a showstopper whenever we make it for our friends. And so... I was looking around for other red wine cocktails, and I kept running into sangrias and mulled wines. Right. And though those are good on their own right, it's not what I was looking for. I wanted to have red wine as a cocktail ingredient specifically and not something that's so seasonal, but that's something that you can make throughout the year. Right, right. So, you know, kind of getting a cocktail spin on, on red wine, and uh, I think we've picked out some very good ones. That's right. And so um, we have a couple that we're going to make today. Like Greg said, we're going to make three. So we're going to try to get through this pretty quick just so we can feature all of those We'll today. jump right in. What's, what do we got first? So let me talk about the wine that we're going to oh, use yeah, today yeah, yeah. first. What, what, are we, what have we chosen for um, the wine? So we chose to use a Cabernet Sauvignon from Washington State. For all of the recipes we're going to show today, uh, I would just use the same bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. We just opened one wine bottle and we're going to use it for all three recipes. Um, but... The red wines you're going to want to use are either going to be like Cabernet Sauvignon, a Merlot, a Malbec, something that just has a little body to it. Mm-hmm. Something's nice and dry. It has some oakiness to it also. Something sweet probably wouldn't be as uh, good, but if you had it, why not try it, right? I mean, well, that's I'm, the whole idea is give it a shot. Absolutely. So uh, just a couple little notes on using red wine in cocktails. One is um, to think about the characteristics of a wine as complementary to the spirits that you're going to be using. That's a good hint. And then also use good wine because why not? Because um, you, you are drinking it <laughs> and, uh, you're, and don't just use garbage. That's right. Don't um, use a bad bottle. So use good wine, especially in cocktails that um, are designed to feature the best characteristics of the wine. Which Instead it, of masking it, which like mold wines and stuff like yeah. kind of mask the flavors for yeah, that. Which is really what we're kind of trying to do with the three that we have picked out here today. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's good to, if you have a bottle open and you don't want the rest of your bottle to go to waste, you might as well try to make cocktails out of it. Or the flip side. <laughs> so Exactly. You aren't going to use, um, these don't use a huge amount of wine, so it's kind of a, these are good recipes to use towards the middle or the end of your bottle. Um, but yeah. I think it'd be really- fun to have a uh, have a dinner and then, uh, you know, at first make your cocktails using that and then have that wine with dinner and then try to do something after dinner with the uh, same bottle to do uh, some sort of dessert. That's a really fun cocktail. Yeah, I so like I, I can idea. actually kind of picture out of the ones that we're going to make today kind of how I would place at least two of them in, in, the, uh, in a dinner scenario like 100%. that. But I mean, you know, go, you know, that's kind of, you know, go to town. Yeah. Go really crazy. Fun. And, you know, these are, they're going to be nice looking drinks too. So mm-hmm. there we go. 
So let's just dive in and we're going to get started on one that has an obvious name right now. It's the Red Wine Gin Sour. Pretty self-explanatory there. And they're all red wines today. That's that's it, red wines. So what do we got to do for this thing? So on this, we're going to do a dry shake, which as a reminder, that is um, you do a dry shake without any ice. Um, when you're using an egg white. Ooh, yum. Yeah, so we're going to um, go ahead and put these ingredients into your shaker, mm-hmm. um, and we'll get to the next step after right, that. Right, so I've got an empty shaker here in front of me. What do I start with? So you're going to do one and a half ounces of London dry gin. All right, I've got the tanqueray right here. One and a half is going in in there. There we are. Three quarters of an ounce of elderflower liqueur. Okay, I've got the big, slender, sexy bottle of St. Germain here. <laughs> Kind of the classic one. I think, you know, everybody's seen it. It's good. It's 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 it's, 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 it's a pretty bottle. So that's, what was that again? Three? Three quarters. Three quarters of an ounce is going. All right, right in there. So three quarters of an ounce of simple syrup is going to go in there. I would use just regular simple syrup. It's so like a white sugar-based mm-hmm. simple. So here, that's going in there too. Looking good. And then three quarters of an ounce of freshly squeezed lemon juice. I have that prepared here already and measured, and it's just gonna, I'm just going to pour it right in there. There we go. And I separated out this egg, so um, one large egg white. Very good. Yes, our our egg separating game is very good. I'm, I'm good. On, <laughs> my my game is good on that. So that's going to be one egg white in there. We'll close this thing up. And just we're just going to shake that here away from the microphone here. So that's right. You want to shake this as Greg's doing. You want to shake this so that you're really frothing up that egg white. Is the whole idea behind this first dry shake? Right. You're not trying to get this cold. You don't have to go forever, but just enough so you're thinking you're frothing it up. And this looks really good. I'm looking in there. That looks pretty dang frothy. Let me just side note here. If you have allergies to eggs, you can make this without the egg. It's going to be fine. Um, it won't be as good. It won't. It won't be as pretty. But <laughs> it'll still be good. Okay, so Greg's uh, dry shake that. So mm-hmm. now we're gonna go ahead and add ice into that into that shaker. Be carefully adding yeah, so two large ice out. cubes in there. You don't want to lose any of that deliciousness. Okay, and have you shake that again? Now you're gonna shake it till it gets cold. Okay, so now we're shaking, trying to achieve coldness. And you've noticed. And usually it's like 30 seconds. I won't subject you to the whole thing. And honestly, too, I've heard people say about ice shaking, regardless of what it is, that you're kind of listening to the ice, kind of having it talk to you and you'll you can tell when it kind of gets to that broken up kind of rounded off sound and that's when you stop and you know when it's cold enough to make your hands stick to it that's right okay so now you guys are probably like where the hell is this red wine um we're getting to that point so let's go ahead and pour that into a glass now it's a little higher volume Mm -hmm. so you can use a little bit taller glass if you have like a narrow tall glass Mm -hmm. because this does separate out into really cool layers when you when you pour this um, or if you just have like a larger coop, that will work. Basically, anything will work. Um, so, Greg, if you would just strain that into uh, into one of this glass here. Actually, I'm going to bypass the strainer. I'm just going to use oh, sorry, the strainer on the top out here. Of the, yeah, out yeah, because yeah. that's that's a actually it's a great side note because usually we are after we shake, we do go through that uh, conical mesh to kind of catch the ice. But this time, we want to let that. That's okay if that comes through because we want that foam to come through that mm-hmm. egg. Because watch this, here it comes. It's going to look beautiful. Looks Look kind of snowy in the beginning mm-hmm. here, doesn't kinda, it? You want that foam to come through. That would get stuck into that conical filter. So that's that's a good instinct to once you've shaken to double strain it. But in this case, we're not going to. That's right. So now you have a now you have a drink. You, it looks a little snowy, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here's the super fun part. So we're going to take about three quarters of an ounce of red wine, mm-hmm. and you're going to turn a spoon upside down so the back is facing up. Mm-hmm. You're going to 
float it just a little bit over the top of the drink. And now you're going to slowly pour your red wine over the top of the back of that of that spoon. What kind of volume are they suggesting for that? Like I said, it's about three quarters. Of three quarters. Okay, so I've got... I'll just put three quarters into the measuring cup here, and we'll pour that over the back of the spoon, and it kind of, you see it kind of cutting through the foam layer doing there, it and it's separating the, out. It's separating yeah, out. Yeah, doing it over the back of it helps distribute it kind of right. more evenly across the drink, and then it doesn't just mix it right into it. So and now, it looks pretty uh, nice. It's settling yeah, out. Yeah, on this drink, if you wait it out just a little bit, it'll settle out into kind of really distinct layers of mm-hmm. color which yeah, it's is looking very nice really, the one in the tall glass it looks really nice yeah it's, it's very similar to like that new york sour separates out but this is a very different ingredients we've got the gin and the elderflower liqueur and the egg and the egg um so anyway let's see what you think about this let's cheers give it, let's give this a try cheers uh i'm gonna have a sip she's gonna have a sip i like that kind of frothy on the top a little bit of red wine stuck in the top, but like it's layered and looks gorgeous. Let's give it's it a shot. It's so good. Like there's something I don't know if it's the the red wine and the elderflower together or something. It has like it a is. weird like chocolate, not like a heavy chocolate, but there is like right. a weird like cocoa. There is a there is a there is kind of a chocolate esque. It's uh, super like mocha. Onion. That's the taste. Mocha. Yeah. That's really the, it. Kind of comes through. I think it's probably the combination of the egg. The lemon, strangely enough, and the, uh, of course, white and elderflower. This is one of those drinks, too, as you drink yeah, it, it's, it's really going to change as you drink it down because it is in the separation. So you're going to get a little bit more of the wine on the top. And then as you get further down, you're going to get more into the gin sour. Um, it is, I'm. It's got some strange. When, really, when we first made really this, we were talking about how good. it had some very interesting taste that we weren't really ready for. I don't know if I'd even say that I can really detect the gin in it. It really feels more like it's kind of the, you know, the nice... A little bit. Are you getting a little bit of that through there? Yeah. It's Uh, good. It's a... It's a really good drink. Mm -hmm. just going to say. I don't think it's too sweet. I think... Mm -mm. I don't think it's too sweet. I mean, there is kind of a lot of sweet elements in there. You've got the... uh, You've got the simple in there, and you've got the... uh, you got the elderflower liqueur in there, which which is by its nature is sweet. But I think using the right, I think probably the dry of the wine and the mm-hmm. dry of the gin, and that kind of roundness that the egg white offers to it. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, it's, well, good it's taste. Really good. It's a, this is a really good one. Um, we haven't tried it until these episodes, mm-hmm. and no, really I will be adding that into our into the ones Absolutely. That we I would be often. interested to try it without the egg, but I think it's probably going to change the flavor so much that I probably am going to like it just better with the egg. I was going to say, I would rather, I think I probably would like to, I wish I had done this, had tried just the gin sour mm-hmm. first before I put the wine on it, you know, just like a, a spoonful or something sure. just to, to taste it. And then the wine on top, because I'm pretty sure it's the wine that's adding that like weird, like cocoa roundness to it yeah it, it, kind of a mocha to me it's really more of a mocha that mocha flavor of chocolate like light but yeah light light yeah. chocolate flavor it's, so. it's really it was not the flavor i expected but it's really good <laughs> yeah and you know you're you're with a you know it's kind of your classic sour combination with your you know citrus and uh you know the egg white in there and so you're expecting a certain flavor so yeah it's really good yeah. That's a good one. One more time with the name. What was the name of that? That one? was the red wine gin sour. That's pretty self-explanatory on that one. And now it's like we've made it, and it's separating a little mm-hmm. bit more. It's it's very distinct. There's very distinct layers on it. 
yeah, yeah, you can definitely it? see that there's a there's almost like so there's a bottom layer which is like really clear that contains probably the, uh, the, the lemon sour, element probably yeah. and there's kind of a middle kind of like almost a light tea co colored layer kind of about you know three quarters down the bottom and then a uh, darker obviously that's where the wine is and then you got it's the like nice an ombre it's an ombre it's, drink. it's the ombre <laughs> it's the ombre of cocktails it's super no it's it's a really good one I'm really pleased with that. That's really good. Yeah. I'm excited about this one. This was a really fun find. Um, there I got a little bit of the gin taste in there. And actually that that leans it towards more towards the sour, but I'm still getting that you're, flavor. You're getting a little bit lower mm -hmm. down on the on the drink. That's too. still I still think that strange kind of mocha esque flavor comes through. I like it. It's really good. On these I really suggest don't stir it. Yeah, no, 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 don't stir that. I mean, if you're like screwing around, it's the exploration of like going through all those layers, you know, when you're drinking it that makes it really fun. The flavor layers. And it's, I mean, like I said, these are, these ones where you float the red wine on top, they're, they're like something when you make for your friends, they're like, what? Like, that's amazing. It just looks cool and you feel cool. That's right. Feels, yeah. I mean, hey, that's what it's all about, right? I am cool, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it looks cool, and I feel cool. So, um, well, we enjoy this for just a mm -hmm, second. Mm -hmm. Let me say, uh, I found a couple of hints for you guys on storing red wine once you have it open. Because that is an, I know a lot of people are doing this wrong. <laughs> um. You know, I think a lot of people, when they open a red wine, they just kind of shove the cork back in it and throw it on their counter. I've seen that. Um, that is not the right way to do it. <laughs> uh, when you store your when you store your bottles out in room temperature like that, they're going to oxygenate. They're going to go bad faster. Yep. Um, you don't want to do that. So the best way to do it is to um, first, if you have a wine preserver or a vacuum pump for your wine, and to put a plat like a rubber cork on there and that's and the best suck way. Suck the air that's out of it. That's the best way. That's the best way. And you then of course refrigerate. Right. You don't have to do that. But the thing you should do, though, is this. Once you've kind of recorked it, store it upright to reduce the surface area so it doesn't get so much oxygen. Mm -hmm. Don't like and lay then, it on its side in your freezer or fridge. Sorry. Yeah. And then put it in the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> Just it's red wine. Put it in the fridge because mm -hmm. what's going to happen is it'll stay fresher longer. You if you put it in the refrigerator, it'll stay pretty good for up to five days. Right. Um, if you don't, it'll go bad pretty quickly out on your countertop. And here's the good thing, too. So if you're using your uh, red wine in your cocktail and it's out of the fridge, it doesn't need as much cooling down to get it cool to cocktail Before temperature. Before you make your cocktail. So it does not right. get, doesn't <laughs> melt, melt your ice as fast, so it won't dilute out as fast. Good tip. Good it's tip. It's a nice tip, isn't it? Anyway, so I think I think a lot of people put it on their counter. Don't put it on your counter. Put it in the refrigerator. Yep. We... Um, I don't I think, care what they do in Italy. I think one time when we were talking about vermouth, we gave you this hint also. It's the same exact thing for ver yep. for vermouth. Put your vermouth in the refrigerator because it's wine-based. It's wine-based. And it will go bad. It will oxygenate. It will change the flavor of your of your vermouth yeah. just like it does for your wine. Absolutely. So, it certainly will. It'll, go, it'll spoil. Vermouth and wine fridge. Mm -hmm. Vermouth, wine, fridge. That's right. 
Okay, we're going to go you, to the next you recipe. You learned something today. <laughs> so far, you've learned something today. Let's jump into the second one. This is the one that we, we kind of, it's, it's in our repertoire, <laughs> isn't it? We, we keep this one in our repertoire. Oh, yeah, I like this. So I think I've probably talked about this book in the past, but let me just bring it up again. Let's pitch it again. There is a book, um, I didn't, sorry, I didn't bring it in here with me, but it's called Shake, Stir, Sip, and it's all equal, mm-hmm. equal amount cocktails. And she's done a really great job on this book. And so the recipe that we're going to show today is called the Sangrita. And you might sound a little bit like margarita, right? Yeah, because sure. Because it has tequila in it. And sounds a little <laughs> bit like a sangria. So sangrita. sangrita. If you like sangrita. both those things, you're going like, to like this drink. It's going to be good. You'll, I know you'll like it. This is a good one. And we'll get you the author's <laughs> name here before the end of the show. I'll, I'll, get the, I'll get up and get the book here, and we'll bring it in. And, awesome. and we'll give you the author's name, too, so we can give credit where credit is due. And it's a fun, it's a fun book, too. Shake, Stir, Sip is the name of the book. And yep. I have Pretty bought easy this to for, find. This was my uh, Christmas present to a couple of friends this year because mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in this book is just it's kind of a go-to in our house for when you're just looking for mm-hmm. something easy to make so so what uh, are we going to need for this one sangrita all right we are going to need a shaker on this one i've got one ready and you are going to put ice in this one so we're going to start with ice on this guy that is right and what Little we're going to do um is one and a half ounces of lime juice in that guy i think that's measured out right here Perfect. It's in there. So prepared. Uh, one and a half ounces of simple syrup. And that's right here. Again, we're using the same simple we used last time, so it's going to be uh, white sugar-based. Here we go. And it's then in there. one and a half ounces of tequila. And this time we're going to use the L. Espolon Reposado Tequila. Is that the one with the skeletons on skeletons it? Skeletons on it. Uh, it's good price. It's not a bad price, and it, it tastes real good. Yeah, it's it's dandy. It's a good it's a good bargain. It's a good bargain. So guys. if you shake that, I'm going to give a little hint here about um, salting the rim of a glass. So right, we so are going to seal it up and shake it here. Yep, you shake that. Um, so when you when they say salt the rim of a glass, when you're doing margaritas, especially if you have lime or lent or whatever your citrus is, mm-hmm. you take like your rind that's left over and rub it on the edge of your glass that will be enough moisture for you to be able to put salt on the rim Mm -hmm. so i just put salt on a plate rub that rim of your glass with a little bit of lime in this case and then uh, roll your glass edge on the plate to get the salt on the rim so you're going to do this obviously before you (laughs) pour anything into it right (laughs) so um go ahead and salt that and greg just shook the Drinks, so it's all ready to go. Those glasses look beautiful. Strain it in there. You want to put that in? Let me give me that glass there. We'll pour it in there. I'm gonna go grab the wine. Well, it looks looks really nice. Margarita, (laughs) so far, it smells like a margarita. Um, and so on this one, essentially, because this is a margarita, it's just we aren't using any triple sec. Mm -hmm. So, um, and what we're gonna do on this one, it's another one for a float, right? So we are going to take three quarters of an ounce of red wine again. Same wine. Um, Here we got it. It's gonna, measured out. Here we go. Perfect. And then if you took the back of your spoon face up and pour it slowly over the top of your All right, here drink. Here we go. Here we go. Again, it's the Cabernet that we're using on this one. You can see it's getting the separation immediately here as long as you pour it nice and slow. It's riding over the top. There we go. That looks pretty good. So I thought this was fun to do two different drinks like this this time because we have two different base spirits. Yeah, and it's two um, different floats. I mean, it's floats, same to style, but it's going to offer, I bet this is going to taste way different than the other one. 
Yeah. All right. So that's it. It's ready. Um, I'm going to garnish it with a little lime wheel, you know, because it's fancy. Because it looks nice, <laughs> too. So, I mean, you've got a real nice layering there. You know, you've got the red wine float kind of on top. This is more of kind of your classic looking float Spilling it. on top there. Yeah, don't don't spill all that goodness. All right. Give it a shot there. See what you think. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I got that a little close to the top there, but mm. what do you think? Oh, it's yeah, so good. I'm going to try this thing here. I love this guy. You probably hear the salt crunching away. Give me a second. I'm like spilling it all over myself. There we go. Mm, that's really good. That has a. That's so oh, it's so tasty. Now, if you want to like in the middle of February or March when it's raining and shitty outside and you think, yeah. I want to feel like I'm taking a tropical beach vacation somewhere. You want to be in your backyard barbecuing <laughs> like almost immediately. Sitting around the fire pit, this is the one to do it right here. That's right. If you just need a little, uh, a little mouth escape from this world right now, <laughs> you that's just what we should take should've... a mouth escape, a we, mouth vacation. I bet we could. <laughs> <laughs> I bet we've got a lot more listeners on the podcast if we called this podcast "Mouth Escape." <laughs> Welcome to Mouth Escape. All of a sudden, one million listens. <laughs> anyway, I like that. We're, we need to. That's trademarked, by the way. Mouth Escape. It's now trademarked. But this vacation. this is fantastic. You no, know, it's uh like I said, if you want to feel like you're outside barbecuing almost immediately, this is the guy to get you there. Oh, it really oh, it's so good. Now we made several of these last oh, summer. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, cuz you know, it's it's out of the equal parts book, so it's very it's pretty simple to remember how to do. So honestly, it's a great party drink cuz you can just go wham bam bam bam. Yeah, it's, and it's it, fast, a, it's easy to make, and it is like a it looks cool, It is too. like a sang- sangria and a margarita all mixed up into right. one. Like, it's a really... And this one also, like, it, it as you drink through it, you know, you're getting kind of that first note of the wine. Mm-hmm. So you have, like, sangria on top. And, yeah, it's like party on top, you know? Party at the bottom. <laughs> it's party at the top and the bottom. The one so thing it I does like, change as, as you're drinking it, which I, I enjoy that a lot. Right. And and the good thing about this, too, I think I think it's... I think it's really a cost-effective, you know, party drink too, and that's kind of why this summer it's like we just all you're really doing is it's citrus, a ha- you know, an open bottle of wine, and you know, a bottle of tequila, and because you're not using a lot of each of those, so you know, it's going a long ways here. So it's it's not only delicious, it's economical. So um, I just looked it up. Shakespeare, Shakespeare sip. More than fifty effortless cocktails made in equal parts is mm-hmm. by Kara Newman. Thank you. Um, you can find it on Amazon. Which we have uh, multiple I times. I found everything on Amazon this year yep. uh, because of COVID. Yep. Um. <laughs> and like Shan's not kidding, this is a book that we will buy for our friends because, well, as you're probably suspicious, our friends have the uh, have the real luxury of having us for friends. So we can always <laughs> supply can them. them with cocktail knowledge, <laughs> even at a distance. That's right. But this book has been something definitely we've, we've given out as... Uh, as a gift, just because we use it so much, and you know, it's well written. The pictures are beautiful. The directions are straightforward, super simple. But you know, the payoff is really good because everything tastes really yeah, good. Yeah, she's done an excellent job on that book. Yeah, mm-hmm. great place to start. Like I said, easy, great party things because it's so yeah. simple because yep. of the equal parts. Um, really I'm, great. I'm gonna give this another shot. I'm gonna try this again. Yeah, it's oh, this sangrita. I love this drink, you guys. But you know what's really fun about this is we're 
floating the same red wine on both of these drinks, but the drinks are so different from each other. It's because of the base spirits and all the other ingredients. It's just amazing, I think, to like have these back-to-back just to kind of see what the differences are. Really, the swap out here, I mean, they both have uh, citrus. They both have the same red wine. They both have some simple. You're just swapping the spirit, and the other one has an egg in it. So, but the place in, for my taste, that the wine occupies in both of these, it's kind of a long ways to come around to this, but the flavor that the wine contributes in both of these drinks is in a different place for me. Mm-hmm. You know, in this one, it's you, you're getting more of that citrus, and it kind of comes in more of a sangria type of a taste, you know, with the citrus, but with wine. Whereas I think it kind of comes more forward in the first drink is more feels like a wine-based drink, you know, Mm because I think that kind of flavor comes through, that kind of, the kind of chocolatey mocha flavor, but you can tell it's from the wine. Yeah. So to me, that's where the difference really lies. These are excellent. You guys, I hope you tried them either at the same time or at different times. It doesn't matter. It's weird tasting these both back to back because, you know, one has kind of that... You know, the, like I said, you know, the real kind of a salty leaning, salty leaning, uh, super citrus acid. The other one, I didn't get the, I got more of the kind of, more of a mellow, more of a savory, more of a, you know. Uh, I think it depends on what you're going to eat for your dinner, yeah, which one exactly. you want to have, right? So I exactly. would say like, you know, obviously you're going to go for your Mexican food, your Spanish right? food, that kind of stuff with the tequila, mm-hmm. but probably with that first drink, um, I could see it with something like chicken yep. or, you know, something that's um, less, like, spice-forward. Right. Um, no, but I think it's very interesting to kind of, like, across all three of these that you're going to put together, we're putting together here for tonight, it's like you're going to get, it's the same wine, but the wine holds a different place in each one of these. Yeah, so yeah. really good. Yeah, really good so far. Real big difference between those two, and it's, like, totally different. And it's not just from where the spirit comes from. It's like where the wine holds a flavor place in each one of these cocktails. That's right. So those first two drinks that we just did, um, those were floating a red wine over the top. Right. And our third drink is actually using the wine as a major component in the cocktail itself. Right, right. So this is going to be... This this is a more... I would say this is like your after dinner, like more serious, like... Hanging or, you, out. Or you could have this before. You could have one one of this before, then you could have you know your wine with dinner, and then have pick mm-hmm. one of the others for a dessert or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but this is a this is more of I would say uh, more of a Manhattan style. It's definitely a Manhattan style <laughs> cocktail. So if you guys have been following along with us, you know that the kind of the ratios that you know, I mean, you can even say martini, mm-hmm. martini style cocktail, which the Manhattan is. This is exactly that. That's right. Um, this one is the, we're obviously jumping into the third drink. Yeah, here we go. Make yep. sure that we get, get through we'll all the get red them all wine in drinks here in about tonight. 30 minutes for you. Okay, so um, this drink is called the South Brooklyn Watermark. And uh-huh. it was by, um, Amanda, I think it's Amanda Schuster. And okay. she has a website called thealcoholprofessor.com. Ooh, I like it Sign already. me up for that school. That's what I'm saying. I know, I could <laughs> ace that. <laughs> Oh, 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 it's not, it's, you have to know stuff, not just drinking. Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> There's a professor part in there. I'll have the gentleman see on that one. <laughs> so I was looking around, you know, I, I love these ones with the red wine flow on them. Um, I think those are great. But I was looking all over for a more serious cocktail right. that featured 
wine in a real way. Right. And so I'm going to tell you how to make this one. I'm ready. My tools are ready. What do we need? Are we stirring or are we We're shaking? Doing mixing glass with ice on All this right. guy. My favorite and, thing. So and mixing then glass also, and I would ice. say probably put your coop into the freezer because we're going to do a coop on this guy. And this is going to use um, some in- ingredients we haven't used before. So that's fun. So this is one and a half ounces of bourbon or rye is what they have in the recipe. Right. We chose to use the uh, Wild Turkey 101 bourbon right here. Awesome. Then you're going to do one ounce of your red wine. Right. I find the uh, I find that uh, wild turkey holds up. It's a the, bold, it's a bold spirit. It's a bold spirit. So anytime you're coming in with a lot of flavor, like with wine or something like that, you know, I I, I lean towards the wild turkey. They they said that you could also use rye if you'd like to, but I think that I went with I went with this just to try it. We did a test. So we did test. Right. We test some of these drinks, oh, yeah. you know, before we make them for you guys because we don't want to. Our suck. effort knows no <laughs> bounds for you guys. So the first time we made this, we did use. Uh, I think we used. Um, I think we used bullet rye. Bullet rye. Mm-hmm. And then we had a red wine that was... A little more jammy. Yeah. A little more berry. Yeah, it was. And the one that we're using tonight is a little drier. Um, So I think there's going to be a difference for us in those. Uh, The fun part is, obviously, when you open wine, wine is very different. doesn't matter what. It it could be... Right. This... The year that it was, the grapes were grown, the weather conditions, like whatever. It doesn't even matter if you buy the same bottle of wine over and over. Wines can change a little bit, which Absolutely. I think that makes this a little more exciting in a way. Like it's Because sure. no matter what you make, it might turn out just a touch different. And I think that's fun. Right. So she um, recommended a dry red wine, which mm-hmm. I believe we have tonight. How's it we're putting um, in there? With an aged oak preferred on there just for that roundness of, of character. You know, and that you know, and I think we're kind of alluding to, and I think we said on a lot of our podcasts and a lot of talking about this is it's fun to just try your ingredients and, you know, we picked both these bottles, we took this bottle out and we tried it and we're like, okay, that's going to be good. It's nice and dry. It's kind of neutral. It's not going to really add, you know, anything too sweet or anything really kind of polarizing in the flavor. And it's been fantastic across these drinks so far. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this third one. Me too. Um, so the third ingredient on this is a half an ounce of Nocino um, or black walnut liqueur. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We got this one from Prohibition Spirits. Yeah, down in down in uh, Sonoma. Oh, okay. Um, and I I was like, oh, have we? I mean, we own it. I've I only have used it a couple times. This Nocino, it just tastes good on its own, honestly. So now, do we know it. if there if that is something pretty common folks are going to be able to buy? We usually like to try mm-hmm. to feature stuff that you guys don't have to have like this unobtainable thing to to make the cocktail. Is is this going to be something they can find, do we know, at like Total Wine or something? I think so, yeah. Um, it is very similar to like the process of how to make limoncello. Oh, um, okay. So, But this is made with uh, green walnuts. Really? Like at the okay. beginning of the season. And so, um, yeah, so, and then... Generally, it's ready around Christmas time or something like that. Like when they're making it, that's interesting. Yeah, but you can buy it. It's it's pretty readily okay, so, available. So it may not be this. It might it may not be the uh, same Prohibition brand name, but it should be called Nocino. 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 Yeah. So we'll um, have that. That'll be Prohibition. On the, uh, I had to go to that tasting room when I was down there. Right. So I mean, I would say you might not be able to find that exact kind, but for sure, Nocino. Um, you know, it's an Italian spirit, and I think that Total Wine or Bevmo or something okay. like that would have would have that. Right, because that that's that's one of the points with this podcast is we want to make sure 
we're not giving you stuff you can't obtain to make these things. So that's why I was, I was actually thinking about that as yeah. we're coming on to this drink. And I was like, oh, God, is this something, you know, folks are going to be able to find. So anyway, so we have those ingredients in there. What's next? What are we doing? You're going to go ahead and shake that up. Yeah, or this stir is stir it because it's in oh, sorry, a stir, mixing stir, glass. Stir, stir, stir. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> stir. So let's stir distracted. that up. Generally, we're going to stir this for like 30 seconds or long enough. Just, you know, get it cool. I won't subject you to 30 seconds of stirring. I'll get here. the coop out of the freezer. Hang on okay. a second. Um, oh, and and also, I'm going to pull out the Luxardo cherries. We're going to use uh, Luxardo cherries. So basically, 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 it's guys, a Manhattan. <laughs> it's a Manhattan. So we're using the Manhattan ratios. We're not putting any bitters in there. That uh, Nocino is kind of going to feature the place. Of the bitter. So so to recap, the uh, spirit is our bourbon. Mm-hmm. The uh, wine is kind of like the vermouth. And then the Noshino is going to kind of add an extra vermouthy element to that, but also play this edge of the spirit. Yeah, almost like, um, I would say the, Nochi- the, the, the Nochino uh, is almost like adding the flavor that you would get from like an Amaro or something uh-huh. like that. Like and the, the bitters too, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to this. Oh, and if you buy Nochino for this, it's just good. Like, I would just try it on its own because mm-hmm. it's, it's good. And you can always put it in your Manhattans just on its own, too. I mean, yeah. you can just, or whatever you're making, even a little tiny bit into a uh, old-fashioned taste. Hey, will too. you um, pour that in my glass, please? I certainly can. Here, Thank hand you. me the glass here. There you go. Thanks. I'm going to put a cherry on a little spike for fun. Oh, that looks, oh, look how dark that is. This is, oh, my gosh. It is, like, it's like almost blood red black. black. Almost black. It is, is so gor- much darker than any any martini I've ever had. I think. <laughs> Cheers. Let's see what you think about this. They're really gorgeous looking. It smells really nice. This is a nice smelling drink because you can smell that. You can smell the wine and a little bit of that walnut coming through. Absolutely. I get a big. I get kind of an edge of sweet off that uh, the walnut, Nocino, and I'm getting definitely that wine flavor coming too through too. Let's it give is- it a try here. I think it's really good. It's got um, all the flavors are there. It's not a sweet drink, um, but it's not super. I it's, mean, for, it's got for, a dryness to it. But it's not super boozy. I mean, it, it is basically a Manhattan style, but it's not super boozy tasting to me. It's so funny. Like when you say, "Oh, I'd put red wine and bourbon together," I don't know if that's a thing that you automatically think is going to work exactly i mean we know that vermouth is wine based so mm-hmm. it's not a surprise that they go together well i would think this would go bad if it was a jammy tasting i think you definitely want to go this is better than dry the, side this one's better than the first one we made right you definitely want to go dry side because basically to me the wine in this one takes the place of the the vermouth and i feel the space for the flavor in this really is the combination between that walnut and and the uh, the wine in there. That's the space for the flavor, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I would also avoid using a rye because it'd be like too many things competing for that kind of main flavor. That's why I'd leave the flavor open. You know, you're getting the kind of the strength and the heat from the Wild Turkey 101, mm-hmm. and you're going to get a taste of the bourbon and then too, kind of that richness that comes with that. But it doesn't have the same kind of like addition that a rye would have. And so it's kind of leaving the flavor spot that hits your tongue to be that walnut plus that uh, the dryness of the wine. I really like that. Yeah, I could have this with like a little piece of dark chocolate. Absolutely. Or like a little, you know, like flourless dark chocolate cake mm-hmm. at the end of the night. Right. Or this is Super before yummy. before like a steak dinner I would have oh, this. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine or having just, that? 
the whole time you're having a steak dinner. Or the, every, right, just keep going through <laughs> as you're having steak dinner. Forget the bottle of wine. Just continue to make these. It's a, like these are so like, for me, these seem almost uh, counterintuitive, right? Like that you would have just the whole idea of like a heavy, like heavy tasting bourbon. Right. Like wild turkey. It's, a, it's robust. With, it's robust. With a, such a, like a heavy wine like that this would work but it really works it's it is it makes a delicious manhattan type drink i'll just say and the color is just almost black like it is it's real satisfying to look at i think right no i think that this is like uh going from you know the kind of the more sweet more approachable one to the i mean even though i like i say i think the manhattan style one the uh what are we? The South Brooklyn Watermark uh-huh. is. Uh, it, I think that it's all very approachable, but it's just kind of what flavor you're really kind of looking for. Yeah, I think that. so. Anyway, uh, there is my introduction to red wine cocktails and that boy, aren't sangrias and aren't mold wines. <laughs> right. I mean, we we kind of like halfway got there with the sangria, but you know, the wine, like I said, it takes it, it's holding three different places in all of these uh, all these cocktails, and I suggest. You try them all. Me too. What was your they're favorite? Fabulous. What was your favorite one today? Whatever one I had at the time in front of me. To be honest with you, they're great. And like I say, so if I come back to the point of we touched on it earlier today, if I was going to have, uh, you know, use one bottle of wine throughout my dinner, I think I would go with the. Uh, I think I would start with the South Brooklyn Watermark uh, before dinner. I'd have the wine during dinner, and then I'd finish up with the uh, red wine with one of the gin fun. sour. Oh yeah, kind of having that that flavor at the end at the end you know but the, if the, i was the, like hot day sitting by the yeah. pool sangrita all the way baby right well that's what that's <laughs> see so if i had a bottle of wine plus two with dinner or if i had a bottle of wine just to destroy with the sangritas all day long that's probably what i would do <laughs> so that would be my take on it so we'd be interested to hear what you guys are going to do or have done or will do with these guys and Hopefully you pick out your favorite of these three. So here's the question. Do you open the wine and drink the wine and then make the cocktails, or do you make the cocktails and drink the rest of the wine? It's a chicken and egg scenario. I don't, I don't know. I don't know No the one answer. can answer that question. It's chicken and egg. <laughs> Jan, I know you worked hard and took pictures and got all these up on the Instagram. Will you give the folks, again, our Instagram handle so they can go find pictures? And the directions. All the recipes. All the yeah, recipes are on there. Absolutely. Um, on Instagram, it's amateur bartending for the number four immature. And you can find, like we said, all of those uh, recipes. I write them all on there. I give credit yep. where credit's due. Yep. And uh, hopefully you guys will be able to go on there and see how we made ours anyway. Um, hopefully it's correct. Absolutely. And if you're new to the podcast, guys, dig in deep there. There's a wealth of knowledge. There's the... Uh, pictures and uh and just for uh recipes sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you um and just for uh research sake that original one we talked about the new york sour we also have that featured mm-hmm. um on instagram too we do so it's on there too which we recommend to try it's really delicious yeah we like that was a long time that was a lot of episodes ago yeah. <laughs> i was just digging through to see if i could figure yeah. out which episode that was but but like i say if you if you are new to the program and uh, you hit up the Instagram, you'll find so much material there to go over and review and make your own cocktails and look at our beautiful pictures and read through. We try to make the Jacksons really simple, so you guys should be able to follow along. That's right. So put a comment on there and tell us which one you like yes, the best. I'd love to know that. I think that's really fun. 
Um, or you can always email us if you'd like to at ab4ip at yahoo.com. That's right. And that's number four. That's number four again, ab4ip at yahoo.com. We'd love to hear from you or see pictures of what you have made or hear your comments about uh, the shows or whatever you guys want to shoot to us because we're having a good time and uh, it's nice to hear when everybody else is having a good time too. Episode six is the one that had the New York Sour. Oh, okay. So if you're digging back through the category on wherever you're listening from, Episode six will get you the uh, a nice New York too, Sour. Yeah. And it is it is a gorgeous picture <laughs> of the New York Sour. It makes you kind of want to have one of those right now. Well, I think, I, I think, I'm, I think I'm tapped out for red wine cocktails for the evening. <laughs> exactly. I think we, we've got the remnants of three here in front of us that we need to deal with. So That's right. Well, I guess waste until, not, want not. Waste not, want not. Okay, you guys. Well, until the next time, uh, cheers. Yeah. You guys stay safe and uh, cheers and uh, happy cocktailing. Happy mouth adventure. <laughs> No more need be said. <laughs> <laughs>